welcome into the latest edition of the Sharpshooters. I'm David Schuster, joined by my longtime friend and hoops junkie, Andy Roth. And this podcast is brought to you, as always, by DraftKings. And DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold. And DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for our listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. That's 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this. It doesn't come around very often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been using and loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And Andy, there's so much going on in sports. Of course, Major League Baseball, they're going down the stretch. They just went past the trade deadline. The NHL draft was just recently. Pro football camps are opening up all across America. And of course, the Olympics is going on But for us hoop junkies, there's always news 24-7, and it's hopping in the uh, NBA right now. The free agent uh, windows opened up about three hours ago. We're recording this on Monday evening. I don't know where they're getting all this money from, Andy, but it is flowing like water from a fountain. And sometimes it flows a little too much, like in the case of Doug McDermott, who gets three years, $42 from the Spurs when all he can do is shoot threes. And boy, does this league overvalue these three-point specialists that can't defend, they can't put the ball on the floor, they can't make plays for other people. But that's life in the NBA. You know, and it's really interesting because McDermott gets three at 42. Derrick Rose re-signs with Tom Thibodeau. No one, I I didn't think that he was going to leave Thibodeau. That's his security blanket, by the way. Three years at 43 million. Do you want to compare Doug McDermott to Derrick Rose, even though Derrick Rose has had a history of some injuries, but now they're sort of far in the past. I don't understand it sometimes at all. Well, the thing with Rose is, based on production, it's it's good value. But the problem is, this is a player that constantly breaks down. And at this stage of his career, for them to commit three years, $43 million, I think is a mistake. And, and matter of you know, fact, the worst signings. Uh, Evan Fournier, four years, $78 million for Evan Fournier. Uh, again, really bad signing. Too many years and too much money. It would be one thing if it was even a two-year deal. But to commit four years and $19.5 million to Evan Fournier is just a bad basketball move. Is he a Tom Thibodeau kind of player? On the surface, he doesn't appear to be. No, I mean, maybe they're so desperate for offense. But again, you can't overpay. You can't pay the price uh you know, for a, a Toyota Corolla that you would for a Rolls Royce. <laughs> I wouldn't know about a Rolls Royce, but I do know all yeah. everything there is to know about a Toyota Corolla. I'll have you know that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm, let me stay. You, you gave a little bit on your New York Knicks team. Let me talk a little bit about my Bulls team here in Chicago. And I think they've had a very good night, by the way. 
They wanted Lonzo Ball. Listen, I wanted Lonzo Ball probably more than anybody because Lonzo Ball, when he came into the league, first of all, I th- he's a true point guard. When he was out in Los Angeles, he couldn't throw the ball in the ocean from the from the boat. He just couldn't. He was terrible. But last year, he shot 37 38% from three. He incredibly improved his outside shooting, and he still has all the natural point guard um, talent about him. So the Bulls wanted him last season. They tried to get him at the trading deadline, but they reeled him in on a sign-and-trade deal, and it really didn't cost them that much, by the way. Anyway, Lonzo Ball, four years, $85 million, and Ball's only 24, 25 years old. So, you know, he's got a lot of years in front of him. He's going to be paired up, obviously, with Zach Levine in the backcourt in Chicago. Vucevic, and, and I know how you feel about him, but at least, you know, there, he's an option to score the basketball. They got to they gotta lock down the power forward position. They have to, and I guess Patrick Williams will be that guy because Lowry Markkinen will not be on this roster. The small forward position is interesting because they might go after DeMar DeRozan. You get him, now all of a sudden you have a pretty legitimate starting five. Yeah, I like the ball signing. Uh, Look, an elite passer, he can defend, he's got good size. The one thing that I'd love to see him start doing is to attack the basket. He mainly has been a spot-up three-point shooter in the NBA. Over 60% of his field goal attempts have been from three. He averages less than one free throw attempt per game. With his ball handling skills and his size, he should be able to get into the lane. And if he can start attacking the basket, then you're talking about a guy that can reach an all-star level. You know, and maybe in his slight defense, playing with uh, Zion Williamson actually might have hurt that part of his game because Zion had the ball a lot in his hands in the half-court offense and ball basically sat on the perimeter. So that's a little bit in his defense. Also, what he has going for him here in Chicago, and I know you think the world of him also, Maurice Cheeks is going to be one of his assistant coaches. And Maurice Cheeks was one of the best at getting in the lane. So, And he wasn't he wasn't 6'5 or 6'6 like Ball is. So I think he's going to really benefit by having a coach like Maurice Cheeks. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I went back and watched some video on YouTube of Lonzo. He does have the ability to get into the lane. He's got some shake and bake to his game. And, again, with that 6'6 frame, he's athletic. There's no reason why he can't attack the rim. All right, now the Bulls made another move tonight. And, and you know, to our tourist, Karnishevis's credit, you know, he struck while the iron was hot. And he still might be, uh, you know, still trying to fortify his roster. But they also got Alex Caruso, four years at $37 million. Now, Caruso, you know, is, is, is still fairly young himself. He's energetic. He runs the break pretty darn well. He's a good shooter. And you know what, Andy? He plays defense. So now all of a sudden, the Bulls have a backcourt that has guys that will lock down. And even even um, Zach Levine, who's currently playing out in Japan right now, his defense has gotten better. Listen, if you're going to be a winning team, you can't just put the ball in the basket. you got to be a two-way player. The Bulls' defense just got better, especially in their backcourt. Yeah, I, I like the Crusoe signing. Like you said, he can shoot the three, can put the ball on the deck can play defense. Good value at, what, $9 million a year as compared to a Doug McDermott, who's a one-dimensional player where the Spurs are paying $14 million. No, good signing by Chicago. Okay. Uh, let's go out to Los Angeles. I'd like to go to Los Angeles, come to think of it. Yeah. But let's, <laughs> let's talk about the Lakers. And you know what? LeBron James will go down as one of the greatest basketball players of all time. There's no, uh, no doubt about that. 
He'll also go down as one of the better general managers in NBA history because he's the one who really puts teams together. And he must have been really PO'd that, you know, they bowed out of the playoffs fairly early. So what has he done since the season ended? He was the one who pulled the levers to getting Russell Westbrook out there to Los Angeles. Tonight, they also brought back for the third time, not the first or second, the third time Dwight Howard is coming back. And I got to give Dwight Howard, once upon a time, I thought he was the biggest dog in the NBA, but at least on the last two teams, and he won the championship in Los Angeles, and he played pretty darn good defense and rebounded uh, behind Joel Embiid. He's changed his game to his credit. He's become more of a team defensive-minded center. Yeah, he was very effective. Played D, rebounded, rim roller. You know, that, that's a good signing was not big on bringing in Westbrook for multiple reasons. One, it does tie them up in terms of financial flexibility, but on the court, with his lack of a perimeter game, it really hurts the spacing for LeBron and Anthony Davis. And the other thing is both LeBron and Westbrook are bad foul shooters. And come playoff time, that's the kind of thing that can really cost you a critical game. So I don't know if it's a good mix. Yeah, you think Ben Simmons actually hurt the Philadelphia 76ers with his poor free throw shooting in that series against uh, Milwaukee? Look, even Giannis uh, cost the Bucs some games in the playoffs, but you know he's a major talent, and obviously Giannis is better than Simmons. But when you have two of your three stars, poor foul shooters, you know again, it's likely it could cost them a playoff game. Did Washington get enough for Westbrook? I mean, West, Westbrook goes from Washington to Los Angeles. Kyle Kuzma, Montrose Harrell, uh, KCP is also in that deal, and a I guess it was a late first-round pick. Was that enough for a return for Ru- Russell Westbrook? I think uh, with Westbrook, with his contract, it was a reasonable return. The, the one player, Kuzma, is still young, still probably hasn't hit his ceiling. So I think they look at that as a valuable piece. Someone like a KCP and a Harrell, it's not going to make a, a major difference on a team with that type of roster. And maybe, By the way, maybe those are pieces they can move for draft picks down the road. Okay. Uh, speaking of the Lakers, we mentioned that tonight they added uh, Dwight Howard. They also uh, added Trevor Ariza. And, you know, you talk about Westbrook, you know, I think it's $44 million. Listen, he's going to be making more than LeBron and Anthony Davis out there. Um, but somehow or another, no matter how much individuals are paid to play next to uh, LeBron, other guys will take the minimum for that chance of winning something. And I guess that's the case again with Ariza and Howard. Yeah, but I'm not sure at this point how much Ariza has in the tank. But again, the Lakers have put themselves in a position financially by adding Westbrook that there are not that many options and they're going to have to rely on on veteran minimum contracts. So they're, in, they're a bit pigeonholed. All right, another guy, another team that is always active, whether on draft night or free agency night or any other time of the year, that's, of course, uh, the Miami Heat and uh, um, um, Pat Riley. And so far what he has done, listen, they, didn't, they declined the option on Andre Iguodala. They needed the money, obviously, so he becomes a free agent. He hasn't signed with anybody yet. But they did uh, reel in. I haven't seen the particulars on uh, on Kyle Lowry coming to Miami. And it's really interesting because when Jimmy Butler was, and we talked about this off air, when Jimmy Butler was here with the Bulls and, you know, he was going to pull the levers, you know, trying to recruit people here in Chicago, he always wanted to get Kyle Lowry. And then, of course, they traded Jimmy Butler to Minnesota. That never happened. 
But Butler was determined somehow, some way. So he still has the ear of the organization. We talked about a month ago that maybe he was wearing his welcome out. Obviously, that wasn't the case. And he had the uh, ear of Pat Riley. And Riley uh, reeled in Kyle Lowry. And they have a really good chance of getting DeMar DeRozan also, which would you know put those two guys back together, Lowry and DeRozan. Yeah, the Lowry edition you, you have to like because such a good two-way player. Um, defensively, you've got Lowry. You've got Butler. You've got Bam. I think the key next year for them is Bam taking another step up in his game where he becomes a real offensive force. If he can do that, then they can make some noise. But again, Brooklyn is in that conference. Yeah, speaking yeah, and Brooklyn is still the odds-on favorite. Let me ask you, Brooklyn's got the big three. The Lakers now have the big three. How would you rack up the two teams? I mean, uh, the Lakers, of course, got AD, they got LeBron, and now they got Westbrook. The Nets, of course, have got uh, Kevin Durant. They got uh, Kyrie Irving, and uh, they have um, uh, James Harden. Big threes on both coasts. Which one's better? Uh, The Brooklyn big three. Not close, because Westbrook would be the fourth best player of the Nets. And even as good as AD is, the Nets have three elite shot makers and shot creators. Davis does not put as much pressure on a defense as the wing players and, and guys up front that the Nets have. Yeah, you know, and going back, and we I don't know if we've talked even since that series ended. I mean, Durant was fantastic, and, and you know, he almost willed them to get past Milwaukee. Ultimately, it was basically one against Milwaukee, and, and Durant was sort of outnumbered at that point, and he was just fantastic. And some people were on his case because he didn't get them over the hump, but he had no help. I mean, you know, Harden tried, but he was playing on one leg. Irving was out, and the Nets couldn't throw the ball in the basket from the outside. So I, I agree. If everybody's healthy, if everybody's healthy on both those teams, I do like the Nets' big three more. I mean, think about this. Milwaukee ends up being the world champions. And the Nets take them to seven without basically Harden and Irving. Uh, it, I mean, when you have three elite players like that, that puts you head and shoulders above the rest. And, and again, in the NBA, history shows if you've got elite talent, usually at the least you end up in the NBA finals like the Cavs would with LeBron, Irving uh, and, and Love. All right, let's let's go elsewhere around the league. Uh, the Phoenix Suns. What a meteoric rise they had from, uh, you know, two years ago. Well, they got into the bubble and they were undefeated in the bubble. And they they carried that over into this past season. They made it all the way to the NBA Finals and came up short. They just ran out of gas against Milwaukee. But Chris Paul, you know, I'm sort of laughing last night. Uh, tonight is Monday when we're recording this. But on Sunday night, I say, oh, Chris Paul's turning down or he's opting out of his uh, contract at $42 million a year. And I'm thinking, where else but in sports, maybe the NBA, can you say, well, that's not enough. Well, guess what? He he was proven to be right because he agreed to a new deal today. He got four years at $120 million. That's only $30 million a year, but he's guaranteed the whole $120 now. So who's dumb and who's smart? He's smart. And and the original report was maybe three years, $100 million. And and again, you know, this is a risky contract because – this takes him to age 39, but they know if they want to compete now and maybe the following season, they need Chris Paul. Ka- Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard also declined his option at 36 million. He's coming off that ACL injury. I don't know if he's going to be ready for the regular season or not, but 
there's no way he's he's leaving Los Angeles. Listen, he fought like hell to get out there to begin with. I don't know if they've improved them. As a matter of fact, I don't even know if the Clippers have done anything other than uh, Serge Ibaka exercise his option to stay out there. Kawhi probably won't be ready to even begin the regular season, but you don't see him not staying in Los Angeles, do you? I think it's likely he stays, and um, very unlikely we see him this season with the twin ACL happening so late in this season. All right, uh, let's go to the recent NBA draft, okay? Um, Kate Cunningham was the overall first pick. He went to Detroit. Detroit was god-awful last year, and, and, you know, we talked about this during the regular season, like, you know, what is their direction? Well, their direction was to get the number one pick, and they got the best player in the draft in, in Kate Cunningham. First of all, Andy, talk about what kind of player he is because he's not he's more than just a scorer. He, he can play – both ends of the court, and he can do a lot of things on both ends of the court. And how is yeah. he going to fit in? How is he going to fit in there? Look, he's tremendously skilled, great shooter, uh, can post up, uh, you know, can get into the lane. I guess the only real knock against him is he doesn't have that elite athleticism. And unlike Luca, who's also 6'8", doesn't have quite as much shake and bake to his game, but just a tremendously skilled player with a very high IQ can finish easily with either hand around the basket. And I do believe he will impact the win column right away. Now they've got uh, some nice young players there. Both Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart were all NBA rookie team. Jeremy Grant was good for them last year. And they're hoping their number one pick from the previous season, Killian Hayes, who missed most of the year and struggled, you know, will pick his game up. All right, speaking about a team that was horrible, and that's why they drafted as high as they did. I mean, I thought Houston – especially after uh, um, Harden left there early in the season. They were the worst team in basketball last year, at least in my opinion. But they've added a lot of talent in this year's draft. They had a lot of high draft picks, and, and they took advantage. Their highest draft pick at number two, and you talk about a player that's got a athleticism, Jalen Green. But the thing is, Jalen Green performed in the G League Unite, and I'm sure you can go online and take a look at a lot of his highlights, but you know what? You don't see that on a daily basis Help me out with this kid because I'm told he is incredibly talented. Yeah, he's an explosive athlete um, who's barely scratched the surface of his skill level. I could see him turning into a 25-point scorer and someone that could have the ability to facilitate also. And, you know, they could have a dynamic young backcourt with Green and Kevin Porter Jr. Okay, so Green goes number two to Houston. He comes out of the G League Unite, and for those who don't know what it is, it's basically you're skipping college, period, you know, to become a pro player before you're eligible. And I think it's going to change once again in the NBA. They're going to be able to draft them out of high school. It's just a matter of time. But in the meantime, they're going to this G League Unite. If this stays the way it is, is the college game going to go down the drain? Um, I don't think totally, but, it, you know, it'll certainly take a hit. And there's also that other uh, league that started out this elite league where they've already signed up a number of 16- and 17-year-olds themselves. So college does have competition, but at least now with them being able to make money off the NIL, the college game may still get a good share of talent. Yeah, it's, it's like where can I make the most money? It's sort of funny in a way. Right. All right, Cleveland at number three, and Cleveland was got awful also. They've been basically a backcourt-oriented team for the last few years. Evan Mobley, you know, he didn't get all that much press during the regular season, but come draft time, out of, you know, the seven-footer out of USC, you know, he really catapulted to the top of, of the NBA draft. 
What kind of player do you think he is or is going to be? Um, very skilled at seven feet, tremendous wingspan. If he can become a really good offensive player, he has a chance to be the best player in this draft because defensively, he's a monster. He can guard one through five. The one other key for him is he'll hopefully have to round out and fill out his upper body because he comes in at about 205, 210 pounds. He's probably more suited for the power forward position right now than he is at center, but that may not be a problem because they've also got Jared Allen. All right, I want to round out the top five with number four first, Toronto. They took Scotty Barnes, who's, you know, a power forward, doesn't really score score the basketball. It's really interesting because Florida State two years in a row had the player who was drafted number four overall, Patrick Williams, going the year before to the Bulls. And Patrick Williams, you know, his ceiling is is still pretty high, but he, he just was a, such an inexperienced player coming into the pros. Of course, he didn't have summer league or anything else with, you know, with the whole pandemic and everything. But sort of Barnes reminds me of the same kind of player coming into the pros. He's going to be pretty green behind uh, the years. Yeah, the thing that worries me about Barnes that does a lot of people um, and wasn't as much of a concern with Williams is the lack of an offensive game. Not just a shot, but he's he's not the athlete Williams is. And he looks prodding on offense. So uh, he's going to have to be an elite defender, and hopefully he'll improve his outside shot. But I was very surprised they passed on Jalen Suggs. All right, and finally at number five, I think this is even at number five. I think he was a steal of the draft because I really think the world of Jalen Suggs, uh, who of course played out in Gonzaga. The kid's been a winner everywhere he's been. He's wise beyond his years. He's very talented. He's going to get a lot of playing time. And you know, Orlando had two picks in the lottery. They got the Bulls number eight overall. That was Franz Wagner. I think Orlando had a really good night in getting both those players. But I really like Suggs. Yeah, and you mentioned Suggs a winner on every level three high school championships in Minnesota. Uh, I think his passing is underrated. He's an excellent rebounder, uh, just has to work on the shot a bit. He struggled from deep, shot about 34%. Foul shooting was about 74%. But knowing his worth ethic, I, I have no doubt he'll improve in that area. All right, two other teams I just, you know, who I thought were among the winners that night um uh atlanta i uh, took jalen johnson at number 20 i thought they had a very productive and listen he's 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 joining a team that's just loaded with young talent led by trey young of course and i thought golden state a lot of people thought that they would trade wiseman and and try and get a veteran player but they opted not to um and i think that was the pun intended wise move on their part because at some point uh, Steph Curry is going to get old and some of those other guys and Wiseman will be the next generation. And they added two young talents in Kaminga and, and in Moody. You know, I think I thought Golden State had a really good night also. Yeah, I trust Bob Myers. Uh, Kaminga, you know, is, is a little raw, but, you know, there's such a high ceiling and Moody might have a chance to contribute this season as a three and D guy. All right. Talk about what, you know, uh, help me out with uh, locally here with the Chicago Bulls. They did not have a first round pick. They lost that uh, on the gamble for Vucevic. And, you know, you said it was a bad gamble, a bad trade, but time will tell. You know, they, it certainly was a bad trade last year because they didn't make the postseason and that was their goal. But we'll see in the long run if that's the case. In the second round, they took Ayo Dasumu. OK, and you and I talked about this off air. Uh, he went in the second round, so he's got that chip on his shoulder where he went number 38 overall, and you know his draft night uh, comments were, well, I'm pissed off and I'm going to prove them wrong, much like everybody else says in that position. 
He's a talented kid who doesn't have overriding talent in any one place. He's uh, he's a he's got decent uh, size, six four, so he's a combo guard. He handles the ball okay. He shoots the ball okay, especially from depth. Um, he plays decent defense. The one thing I do like about him is that he's got that uh, clutch gene because he you know he had to at Illinois. He was a senior player. Actually, he was a junior, but he was a senior most player on that roster, and he does. Uh, have the capability of taking late shots. And what's going to happen with him, Andy, he's going to be playing a lot in the G League because with what the Bulls did in tonight's um, free agency where they sound Ball and Caruso and they already have Levine and, and Kobe White comes back from injury, all of a sudden Desumu, if there's nobody else on the roster, he's the number five guard. So he's got to get playing time, which means they're going to send him down to the G League. But as you mentioned, um, good skill level, does nothing great, but has, does everything pretty well. And I watched a fair amount of Illinois games, and he came up big in crunch time a lot. So he played without any fear, seems to have a lot of confidence, which a lot of times is more than half the battle. Absolutely. A couple of other signings around the league tonight. And again, they're coming fast and furious at this point. There'll be a lot more over the next couple of days. Daniel Tice, who was a Bulls player, you know, after um, uh, draft or after the uh, trading deadline, he came over from Boston. He ends up in uh, Houston tonight. Again, <clears throat> excuse me, part of a young nucleus going forward there. He'll be one of the veteran uh, leaders down there. And I like his game. He's a perfect second team brute. And I, I hate to use that word. You know, he's got a skill level, but he he's a blue collar kind of player who can shoot from from pretty far out if he needs to. I like Daniel Tice a lot. He signed for four years, 36 million down in Houston. Yeah, nice deal for nine million a year. Like you said, solid player, uh, plays hard and can knock down the three. Good pickup for them. All right. Well, how do you like this deal? Uh, Gary Trent Jr. with Toronto, 54 million over three years. Uh, that one, not thrilled it yet. Uh, a little yet. too unproven to, to, to dole out that type of money. But again, they gave up Norman Powell. It may be a situation where they overpaid so they don't lose him. Okay. All right. So my, my opinion on what the Bulls did tonight, and again, more moves are on the offing. They're going to add at least one more player, hopefully a small forward. They became better. Um, because of what they did specifically with Lonzo Ball, because they tried to get him all the way at the trading deadline last year. Tell me about your. Well, tell me about the Knicks. I was going to say your Knicks, but tell me about the Knicks. Are they a better team as of tonight or not? Uh, marginally better, but I think you know what could hurt them is they're not going to surprise anybody next year, and you know the keys for them next year are Julius Randle duplicating what he did this season and being able to perform in the playoffs this time, and R.J. Barrett taking another step up along with Quickly, and I'm not sold on Obi Toppin yet. Uh, he's still a big question mark, so he's got a lot to prove in the upcoming season. All right, obviously, you know, the, the Knicks are centered around the two players that you mentioned in Randall and Barrett, and they both really had a bad, you know, final series. You know, they both couldn't put the ball in the basket, and they looked like they were out of gas. How much will that affect them going forward? Was it, is it just a one-off? I mean, they're both young players, obviously, still. Did that hurt their confidence? Did, did other teams figure out how to defend them? How, how do you view what happened with them at the end last year? Um, I, don't, I don't think it'll hurt Barrett. I think Randall, being more of a veteran, you know, he'll have a lot to prove if they make the playoffs again. And, you know, if, if he doesn't sign the four-year offer he can get now, 
there will be the pressure on him to perform to get that big contract. And people here in Chicago are always curious about Derrick Rose, as am I, of course, because he's just going to be always one of my favorites for a lot of reasons. We talked about him earlier in this podcast. He signed for three years at $43 million. Is his role still coming off the bench as a sixth man? Is that what his role is going to be going forward? I've got to believe that. Um, now, you know, look, they're going to be careful with his minutes. They know he can break down. So I believe, yes, he will bring him off the bench. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, I mean, so much is always ongoing in the NBA. I think we just, uh, you know, touched the surface. Like I said, we could do a podcast every night, especially the rest of this week, because guys are going to be signing, signing, and signing. And as I said at the beginning, 24-7, 365, Andy. It's, it's basketball season. By the way, one Chicago question. What happens to Laurie Markkinen? Well, he's gone. Uh, just a matter. I, I think what they're, uh, you know, he was not part. Surprisingly, he was not part of that sign and trade with New Orleans. It was Sadoransky. It was Temple, and it's a future second round pick, which to me is a steal and a half. So right now, Markkinen is still on this roster, but something tells me they're going to use him as a sign and trade somewhere. And that way, that'll that'll still free up more money. Plus, I think they still have the mid-level exemption. That's why I think the Bulls became so much better tonight. Uh, and they haven't even given up the rights yet to Markkinen. Or if they want, I guess they could still keep him. But I think he he puts them over the luxury tax. I don't have the numbers in front of me. So, I, I mean, Arturis right. Karnishevis is, is, has done a marvelous job. And we'll see what he does going forward. Great talking as usual. All right, Andy. Again, folks, uh, hope you enjoyed this. Andy and I can talk basketball until the cows come home. Moo. How <laughs> <laughs> did you do that? <laughs> Instead of boo. Anyway, folks, we'll talk to you real, real soon. You take care now.